0: And welcome back to the Euro Trips football podcast. We're here for another round of domestic football action. I'm your host, Andy. And this week, with me, your first guest covering Syria is Ryan. How are you, mate?
1: I'm wonderful. How are you?
0: I'm good, mate. I'm good. Better after Saturday as well. Um, <laughs> and yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. Um, have this hunch we might get the win but at the same time I did back Madrid to win the whole thing so you know you you can tell there my confidence lies but yeah all around not too bad um second guest is another returning guest Naim Page how are you?
2: I'm doing very well thank you you doing okay?
0: Yeah all good all good um yeah can't really complain um yeah just earning some money now for a job which isn't a job I want to do long term but it's something um and yeah just hope Hopefully, hoping I can, um, we're talking about this off air, hoping that now I've got my master's degree that I can get a paid job doing something like this. But um, yeah, it's just about finding one and hopefully someone sees potential in me. Um, Our final guest, making his long overdue return, back with us all the way from the States
3: is Jonathan. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you, and uh, very happy to be back.
0: And it looks like he's going to a festival by um look. If you if you um obviously you be listening to this podcast, he is wearing a bucket hat and some glasses. Um so yeah, he is looking like he's ready for a rave. So um Coachella 2023, I think you might see Euro trips there. Um it's gonna go over some news at the start of the podcast. Um news came out today. Uh, Tottenham have called us on social media. Companies take action as Son received some racist abuse after the Tottenham-West Ham game yesterday, which had finished as a Tottenham win. Uh, Manu over the weekend have been, uh, had a bid from um, Qatari ownership, Sheikh Yasim and Sir Jim Ratcliffe. And Lionel messi put a further feather in his cap when it comes to being the goat with a winning goal in the last minute from a free kick uh, in a cracking 4-3 game in Ligue and as Paris Saint-Germain keep their 5 Point lead over over the rest of the chasing pack, but we are going to start with some sad news. News came out on Saturday that former Newcastle, Everton, and Chelsea player Christian Atsu was one of the victims of the um, earthquake in Turkey. So, start the podcast on a slightly somber note, but we just want to pay our condolences to, to Christian's family and everyone else who's been involved in what's been a tragic few days uh, in the country. Um, but we mentioned Manu at the. St- the news there, and that's where we're going to start off really is the Premier League, and that's where we want where to begin because we saw an interesting weekend. Um, first of all, I think we saw the, for me, the game of the weekend, uh, as uh, Arsenal beat better 4 2. Again, that was you know, Villa led 1 0, 2 1 as well. Arsenal came back both times, um, and then Jorginho scored late on before a uh, last gas goal for Martinelli, uh, with it with an empty net when Martinez came up for. A, a corner and I think that is my performance of the week. It's Arsenal. to so, you know be in such a such an important game. You know, they when one 0 down, two one down, they faced a lot of adversity in this game and where they came back and fought back and managed to get the win, I think that was a um impressive, impressive performance from them. And um and yeah, that's really where I want to begin. Uh because elsewhere in the league, of course, um this also affects the changes in the table. But uh, City drew 1-1 with Forrest. Again, um, the they should have won, but Ardester was called a screamer. Um, and then Harlan missed an absolute sitter before Chris Wood scored later on to get the equaliser. And then for the third result, which is where really Manu come into this, is the fact that um, they got a win, a convincing win, 3-0 at home to Leicester City, which now means that they are just five points behind Arsenal. And my question to you guys is, with Man City's form inconsistent, Arsenal struggling in recent weeks despite the win against Villa. Can Manu nick the league off Arsenal City? Um, Jonathan, we'll go to you first. Thoughts on that?
3: I think it's absolutely possible. I still would give the slight edge to Arsenal. I would love to see Manchester City get relegated, but I doubt it because they'll probably find some sort of way around this um, recent little hiccup of the many hiccups they've um, experienced when it comes to you know, skating around the rules and all these financial regulations that they've been able to get around. But, um, I mean, the form Rashford's been in, we've obviously seen how good of a coach Ten Hag is by now. And uh, I would still give the itch to Arsenal, but, you know, only five points back. I know Arsenal have that game in hand. But, um, you know, as we've seen in recent, recent weeks, they are prone at the top of Arsenal. They are prone to make some mistakes. Um,
0: Ryan, your thoughts on this?
1: Um, United won't win the league. I'll tell you that now. You, you can, you can <laughs> come back to that in June. I promise you now. Um, like I say, with that game in hand, we win that eight points is a lot to to pull back. Even you know, even for Manchester City, but for Man United. No, I don't I don't personally see it. At the moment, they're heavily reliant on Rashford and his goals. Any kind of injury uh, to him you know, scuppers that quite a lot. They've still got a, a big game to play against Barcelona in the Europa League, as well as a Carabao Cup final this weekend. Um, I believe they're still in the FA Cup as well. So they've got a lot more games to play than what we do. And after the weekend, I'm much more confident in our chances, not just because City dropped points, but because of how we came back and won that game. Because Aston Villa were very, very good in the first half. Uh, much the better team. We were the better team in the second half. But it looked quite glum for us. And I'll be honest, I didn't expect us to come back in the in the way that we did. And we showed some real quality. Um, obviously, we got a little bit of luck with with Jorginho, um, thanks to Martinez' assist. But um, even so, in, in, in years gone by, we wouldn't have been able to find a way to win that game. And so, no, I I don't believe United uh, will win it.
0: Well, here's my take on it. And I'm saying this as a Liverpool fan who doesn't want Manu to win the league and really wants Arsenal to win it over both Manu Club, but Manchester clubs. But first of all, City and Arsenal have. I haven't got a strike at the moment playing good form. Harlan's not been the same player he was before the World Cup break. Whereas Rashford is in the top four or five goal scores in the league. He's in absolutely smashing form. And I just want to go through the last five games. They won three of the last five, they won seven of the last uh, nine games. Um, and looking at the fixtures as well, I mean Man City have still got to play Arsenal. Um, both teams, City Arsenal both got to play Chelsea as well. Uh Arsenal got to play Newcastle, um, which obviously we saw was a draw last time. they got to play Brentford away and brentford got a result at City and they got to play them again. So, and look at my news fixtures. They've got to play Southampton, Everton, Forest, West Ham, Wolves, Bournemouth and then Fulham at home. So I think with the fixtures they've got there, I just think that there's a, there's a really good chance they could do it. I don't think either Arsenal City have convinced, last month, the last two weeks especially, neither of them have really impressed me in, in this run of form and I think that you know, you mentioned Man You've got a game to serve Arsenal. they got Europa League to to contend. We know we don't know whether Arteta's going to be going to take it seriously now in the knockouts. Um, obviously City have got Champions League, but they've got a very easy game, but they're going to want to take that seriously as well. So I just think that Arsenal really will well have only one tournament to focus on. If they do take it less seriously, they have one just one trophy to focus on. Um. But same as Man U, of course, you know, once to League Cup's done and they got the FA Cup early, I think they could have a similar amount of games. So I think, you know, Man U had been been probably the full team in the whole league this last month. And, you know, look at the Luke Shaw's improvement under Ten Hag. You look at Bruno Fernandes and now they got rid of Ronaldo, which seems to have helped the team massively. There they seemed to be much improved without him, which Evan was saying beforehand, um, which I didn't think would happen, but it did. Um, and yeah, everyone's playing with what got It's been a sensation out wide for them. Sanchez getting goals now. he all be off the bench for some of them. So I just think there's a feeling, you know, Arsenal, they got the win. And I did say that my performance of the week, but same time, you know, Jesus is out for still a bit of time left. And Ketia had a good start to being the starter, but he's not done as much in recent weeks. You know, they they got the win, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a convincing win for me. So... I do think Man U have got a really good chance of doing this, and I hate to say this, but I think that Ten Hag has really got this Man U team playing the way he wants, and I think that, you know, even if they don't do it this year, I think next year they're going to be definitely a contender, because they are looking right now, since since turn of the year, they've been the best team in the whole league. Um, Naeem, your thoughts on this as a fellow Arsenal fan, um, what's your take on which side on the fence you on?
2: Mathematically, they, they are in a title race, but I don't know, this form, I don't know, it, might, it might, might fall short sooner or later. You just never know. Like, against Leicester, really, and I know they won 3-0, but obviously the performance in the first half by Leicester, they could have been about 2-3-0 up. De Gea, you know, made a few good saves. Obviously, he's he's made a good turnaround. You know, he was awful for about a season or two, but he's coming back to his best form. I think there's a sin, bit too much competition because they're, maybe it's working in their favour where they're playing like every three to four days but I don't know man I think they are in good form like they're the form team out of top three teams obviously Arsenal had a little blip um hopefully hopefully that was just you know one blip that we have and we can go on a good run again um at the last obviously last part of the season so yeah it's credit credit to Ten Hag what he's done he's brought in a few few good players. Obviously, Casemiro has been a revelation. They look like a completely different side without um his defensive work rate in that midfield. So I'll say mathematically they are, but I think, I don't know, I think they might actually finish second, to be fair. Uh, because City, they haven't looked the same this season. You know, they, they're, they're still a great team nonetheless, but they, have, they usually, obviously, season's gone by. They've gone on like what, 10, 12, 13, even. 14 game winning streets but I don't know when you think they're going to win a game that has dropped points like they really should have beaten Nottingham Forest to be fair you know they pretty much batted them Forest pretty much scored with the only shot on target in the game so I think there'll be more twists and turns uh, in the the title race this season you know we've already we've already played Man United uh, twice now so we haven't got to worry about them obviously we still got to go away to um, go away to Anfield Got to go away to the Etihad and and Saint James's Park, you know places that we have struggled to get points. So I think yeah, this all all depends on on if we can pick up form uh, in this part of the season because you know Eddie and K is not doing it at the moment. Um, He scored a few goals, obviously, when he did get a chance to come in when obviously Jesus was injured. But yeah, he's he's not he's not really a, a title winning striker you know obviously the last couple of games you've seen how much chances he does waste um so yeah i think i think it, i think they do have a, a small chance because obviously they're just go, going about their business in a quiet quiet manner I mean, no one's really like looking at them but obviously now they now people are so i don't know maybe the pressure might get to them obviously when it gets to the crunch time because not many of their players have been in a title race i, don't know, I don't know a few of them have been obviously in countries obviously in of uh, countries that they've been in before. So mathematically, yeah, but I don't think they will. It'll be either Arsenal or City to win the Premier League, in my opinion.
0: Now going back to you, Ryan, um what do you think Arsenal need to do now? Obviously they're the they're the league leaders, they're five points clear. Still gonna play Man City, but what would you say um firstly in response to that, but also what Arsenal need to do in order to Keep this momentum going and and but and keep this lead at the top of the league until at least the final day and then to win it all. Win games. Okay. On. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I you know obviously you mentioned there that we've got to go, you know away to to Liverpool, to Man City, and to Newcastle, and I I do understand obviously we we don't have a record at a good record at any of those uh, any of those grounds, but I think. Personally, those three clubs will be just as much under pressure to get a result in those three fixtures as we will, because Liverpool are chasing obviously a top four finish. Uh, Newcastle uh, are in the same boat as well. Obviously, City are uh, in a tight race against us. So, I, 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 I fancy us in all of those fixtures. I fancy us in, in, in any fixture right now, to be honest with you, just because we've we've had this blip. And I think think they're over it. I think the win at the weekend was huge in terms of confidence and momentum going forward. We saw the scenes afterwards, just how much it meant. And um, I think it all sort of kickstart us back into gear, to be honest with you. You know, we're going to have Jesus hopefully back within the next couple of weeks. So he should be fit enough for those big fixtures again. We're going to have Thomas Partey back as well, who is probably in my opinion our most important player um you can see the difference you know when he's playing and when he's not playing the stats back that up as well so yeah you know there's other players who are going for a bit of you know poor form at the minute i do think they'll pick that back up and if we play like we did in the early stages of the season then i don't think we will get stopped 15 games left you know you just keep ticking them off one at a time Sooner or later, you get down to ten. You think you know there's not many games left to play. Um, yeah, I, I'm first for the first time this season. I I'm, I'm confident.
0: Okay, I like it. Um, I think I think give you made some good points, and I think it is you know it's a long way to go, and I think that it really is um really important to get Jesus and Partey back because, um, particularly Jesus because even though. He's got five goals before the injury. He's a big part to everything that was doing that Arsenal were doing even off the ball. And he's a big part to that. Um and I think yeah, Martini starting again will will be the same thing again. So um yeah, I I I hope they don't win the league, but um hopefully you're right. So um went through a cu- couple of categories. Um there went I went for my game of the week and my performance of the week, both being um Arsenal um, against Villa. Uh so we're gonna go do- go through everyone's league, just a couple of um nominations there. So over to you, Naim Um first of all, your game of the weekend and your performance of the weekend in La Liga.
2: So the game of the weekend uh, we'll have to go to the first game. It was on a Friday night. Jerona took on Uli Almera. They won 6-2 in the end, eight goals in the games. Not, not very often that there's quite a lot of uh, goals in the league of games, or eight at least. They were 4-0 up in the first half. So, pretty much the game was pretty much done in the first half. So, I've gone for them as my game of the weekend. Performance of the weekend, I'll have to go with Barcelona's post. Um, it was hit three times in the game against... No, I'm joking. now nah, Girona, I'd say, I'd say they were the performance of the weekend. Um, in the last four games, they don't only scored one uh, goal and then to score six goals in a game. Um, that's pretty great, to be fair. But yeah, touching, touching back on the performance of the weekend. Yeah, Barcelona, they were great in the first half. And then in the second half, they didn't have any shots on target. Um, like I said, Cadiz... They hit the post three times, had two goals ruled off. One was in the first half. It was ruled off offside. But when you look at it closely, it looked like he was in line, but obviously got ruled out. And then the second goal was ruled out because player impeded to Stegen. But to be fair, he didn't have two hands on the ball. So I think that goal should have counted. So although Barcelona won 2 0 didn't really reflect how the game went. But yeah, performance for the weekend definitely goes to Girona, um, scoring six goals in a game. And then Ryan, what was your game
0: and what was your performance of the weekend in Serie?
1: Oh, um, I'll give them both to the same game. Um, the performance certainly of the week goes to Lecce, um, who I'll touch on later. But yeah, they got a massive two-one away win, um, in Bergamo against Atalanta, um, which is a Quite, quite a surprise result, considering how good Atalanta have been in recent weeks. So, yeah, I'd say that was my performance of the week and probably probably the game of the week as well. It was only 2-1, um, but it was, it was rather entertaining to watch. And to be frank, there weren't that many other great games this weekend.
0: OK, and finally, a league that we haven't touched on for a few weeks. Um, so, Jonathan, we will firstly go to you for your game and your performance of the week.
3: Game of the weekend has to be Gladbach beating Bayern Munich again three to two. It's been Bayern's bogey team for such a long time now. Gladbach and Daniel Farka, who many English football fans will know, now the new coach of Gladbach, um, has been under quite a lot of pressure. A lot of fans have been wanting him to get sacked in recent weeks. And he finally got the big result that they were needing in their push to get back into Europe. Upo Makano got a red card in the eighth minute big controversial, I still think it was a fair decision, and then they were still able to sneak past the record champions, which then means my performance of the weekend has to be Schalke, because it was Sunday, this was following the Gladbach game on Saturday in Union Berlin, um, a beloved club in, in Germany by so many people, had the chance to get into first place in the Bundesliga table with a win, and they were playing... The worst team in the league by far in Schalke. And for the fourth straight week in a a row, Schalke claimed a nil-nil draw. Um, I don't know if they're ever going to score again. I don't know if they're ever going to allow a goal into the back of their net again. But a fourth straight nil-nil draw for uh, the worst team in the league. Pretty impressive. So, hey, at least they're picking up some sort of points. And that is a fantastic segue onto how a table looks for you, Jonathan. Because,
0: yeah listeners of the podcast will know that. We haven't had an update in a few weeks, but really, our next real talking point is to do with the Bundesliga, and it's to do with what is turning out to be the most fascinating title race in the whole of Europe. I mean, looking at the table now, you've got three teams on 43 points, so Bayern, then Dortmund and Berlin, with goal difference separating those three in one, two, three order, but only three points behind them is Freiburg in fourth, which I know you, Jonathan, must be absolutely loving, and then Even looking behind that as well, you've got Leipzig with a point behind them, and then a further point behind Leipzig is Eintracht Frankfurt. So, I mean, you look at the Serie A title race, and that looks done. Premier League One is pretty good, and the Spanish one, you know, 7.8 points between Madrid and Barca. It's, I think, for the first time in years, we are getting a good title race in in Germany, but also maybe the best in in the whole of um,
3: Europe. Absolutely. I I never would have predicted this 21 match days into the season. And a great part of me still feels like, even when I'm looking at the table, that Bayern still have the edge. They always have the advantage. Until I see someone else take the crown away from them, I just cannot believe or cannot predict that another team will get the job done. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just speaks volumes about... Uh, You know, German football these days, I feel like, you know, so many people, you know, outside of the league and even some voices, especially in Bayern's camp or in some of the company clubs like Leipzig or Leverkusen or Wolfsburg want to sort of do away with this rule. But we're seeing, you know, Bayern Dortmund and Union Berlin are still 50 plus one clubs through and through Union and Freiburg in third and fourth place are 100 percent member controlled Um. Sort of, for example, I'm a member of Freiburg, and you can technically say, "Oh, I actually own. I'm one of 50,000 people that quote, quote, own a part of the club. We don't have any, you know, in uh, investors or majority owners that everybody absolutely hates. Um, nobody is related to the Glazer family in any sort of way, form mm-hmm. or fashion. Um, and it's just a great league to be a part of. And finally, finally, ten years of Bayern wins, it feels as if we finally have a season where some other teams actually have a good chance. So uh, that's what I was going to propose to you guys. Do you, you know, I still believe that Bayern will get the job done. They'll find a way to scrape past Dortmund. And I think Union can't keep winning these 2-1 games all of the time. So do you guys still give the edge to Bayern or do you like it, Dortmund, to snip it this year? I think Bayern. I still think Bayern are winning, or I,
0: I just think that. I mean, I'm 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 fully aware that there's there's years that you, know, you can't win a league every year, and I'm aware that it's been ten years, ten years too long. And I, I do think that it's it. I would love to see it, Dortmund, especially because they're sort the team I like the most from Germany. But I just think that we're still what 19, 18, 17 match days left of the season. I just think that. In the end, we've still got four months left. I just think that eventually Bayern are going to run through. You know, you look at the players they've got. I mean, it's, you know, Marnie's not even, not even performing well unless they're still top of the table just about. So I think that the depth they've got on their team and the players they've got to bring on, and I think just over the course of the next three months, when the going gets tough, who's got the experience? by Munich, and they'll get the job done. But I know, you know, Ryan, you had um, Dortmund as your title winners and you spoke vocally even last week on potential that you think Dortmund could actually do it.
1: I still do. I really do. Um, Bayern haven't been the same post-World Cup. Well, they haven't been the same since um, their goalkeeper decided to go uh, skiing down a mountain and then broke his leg. Um, That's now cost them fully, I think, because... I said it last week, he's so vital to the way Bayern play from the back. We know that he's, you know, the original sweeper keeper and, and how he comes out and he's almost part of the defence most of the time. And to lose him, to lose such a leader is massive. But obviously what, what's gone on off the pitch as well, you know, him speaking out against the club for for sacking his, um, his best mate, the goalkeeping coach, obviously that's not gone down too well. Can't imagine FC Hollywood. It is, you know, you, you do wonder like how that went down in the dressing room, especially for them to do it when Noya's is not there as well. I think is a little bit um, shifty, really, of Bayern. And I don't know. They just, you know, Jan Son was a good goalkeeper, but he's not. He's you know nowhere near Noya's level. And I don't know. I just think it will cost cost them dearly because they haven't got. Lewandowski to sort of get them out of trouble anymore, although they do still have some, you know, really gifted attacking players I just think the 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 form of the of the, you know, the likes of Union Welling and and Dortmund especially um, will get them close and I think if they do get overtaken by and I do think their heads will drop and uh, potentially even if they get knocked out by Pierce in Champions League, which at the moment looks unlikely, but if that did happen, you do you do wonder like what kind of effect that would also have. So no, I I I I still think Dortmund will will get there.
2: Yeah, my view, you know, you you would you you want to back Bayern, You know, they won it so many times in the last year, back to back to back. But yeah, like obviously, yeah the they haven't haven't been a set really the same since the world cup and they've got like two wins three draws and a defeat so yeah it's a bit hard one to say really because you know like like ryan said Noya's is a big miss obviously um in goal so jan summer is a good good replacement obviously by his no Manuel Noya. but i think i think dortmund are more of the informed team to be fair so they're probably in a better, better shout and Obviously, next weekend, uh, Bayern do take on Union Berlin, so yeah, there's going to be drop points there somewhere. So yeah, I think I think Dortmund will do it. To be fair, I, mean, I think think this is the best chance they have this season. Because usually, round about this time of the season, but um, Bayern Munich are usually running away of the league. But yeah, I think I think this is going to be the first time we get get a new winner. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And yeah, who would have thought that? the Bundesliga would have the most exciting title race um so yeah I think Dortmund will do it. I'm gonna go with Ryan yeah Dortmund will win the league
0: uh so that's two of us have gone for Dortmund uh so Ryan and i I've gone for Bayern still um Jonathan uh where's your headline where are you which team are you p- picking to um to go all the way and actually win this
3: I've got Bayern as well um you know, they have Cancelo now. Um, they've got depth at fullback positions. They've got depth all across the pitch. I actually give Leipzig and Frankfurt a better chance than Union of having any sort of chance of claiming the Bundesliga title. I believe Union will drop off at some point. I think they still make Europe, probably Europa League. But um, I just think at the end of the day, Dortmund are still too erratic. They're still too mistake prone. They haven't lost in 2023 this can't continue. They'll probably lose in a few weeks to like Augsburg or, or somebody they should definitely beat. Um, and it hurts now. Karima Adeyemi has just been ruled out for at least three weeks, which um, he was probably the most informed attacker at the moment. So at some point, Dortmund will be Dortmund and Bayern will be Bayern again. I hope not. But um, yeah, it's exciting to watch and find out. We are going to head to a break. But when you come back, we're going to go through
1: La Liga. And
3: here we are.
0: And welcome back. We are back from a break and we're going to go through a few more categories before we do go on to our next league. So first of all, back with you, Jonathan, for your goal of the weekend
3: in the the Bundesliga. Goal of the weekend... Probably have to be Marco Royce um against Hertha Berlin. Um scored a good free kick and it's just really nice to see him back on the pitch. He's you know had lingering entry issues for the last few months and then he got sick. Uh but finally back on the on the pitch and on full fitness was great to see and um a great goal and another Dortmund win. They're undefeated to start twenty twenty three. Uh well my goal of the week is gonna be James Ward Price.
0: Um I think you could easily give it to Cody Gakpo against Newcastle for the team goal by just think that um Ward prices his free kick against Chelsea now one-nil win for Southampton at Stamford Bridge, um which only you the know, increases the pressure on Graham Potter. But I thought it was a fantastic free kick. Um, you know, curled into the left corner and you know, I it was fantastic and it's a goal as well that, you know, means he's I believe just one away now from David Beckham's record. So I think he's, um, unless something goes wrong, if I can see him breaking that record this season, if not at the very least next season. So um, yeah, I think he's been a great, especially the last two years or so, he's been a great set piece taker and he's improving it once again. Um, Now over to you, Ryan, for your goal of the weekend.
1: Ooh, uh, I don't think there's many better actually than, uh, Victor Teampens mm. goal Napoli on Friday night. Um for those who haven't seen it, it's it's a very, very good goal. That's it's 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 a goal that's very hard to describe as well. Um you know he's almost surrounded by two or three defenders um on in the right hand side of the box. So he's he's still quite away from goal, but he's just he's just turned away to his left hand side from the defenders. And just smashed it into the most impossible angle, um, past the goalkeeper into the far end post, and has gone in. It's just it's a it's a brilliant finish from, in my opinion, the most informed striker currently in Europe, and uh, you know very very dangerous player. So yeah, I think that has to be mine. And for you, nine in La Liga, it will have to be Robert Lewandowski.
2: What's he against? Cadiz? this? Uh, the assist was from Sergi Roberto, played it to Lewandowski on the edge of the box, took one touch and then what he does best, literally he just drills it into the bottom left corner through uh, through Cadiz Defender Fali's legs. So, yeah, that was definitely my goal of the weekend. Okay, um, so we've
0: talked about top of the table, whether that's Premier League or whether that's Bundesliga, we're now going to go from the very top to the very bottom as we go to Syria, and Ryan talks to us about what's been a very contrasting season for the newly promoted sides.
1: Very much so. Um, obviously, the three clubs that came up last season were were Monza, Lecce, and uh, Cremonese. Now, all three clubs have very different um, ambitions. Let's say. Starting with Monza, who were my surprise pick at the start of the season to to do very well, and for a, for a very long time it was looking like a very bad prediction because they were awful. Um, they sacked their manager Giovanni uh, Stropper. They hired a new manager in uh, in Palladino, and he's doing an excellent job. They're now eleventh in Serie A, eight wins, five draws, and ten defeats this season. Uh, they have spent fairly d- big money for a, a newly promoted club, especially in Italy. They spent around forty million euros. Uh, and they brought in some some kind of high-profile players, uh, Pablo Mari on loan from Arsenal, being one of them. Um, we know that they are run and backed by Silvia Berlusconi and uh, Andrea Galliani, who uh, who formerly ran AC Milan, and they're very ambitious. They've got massive ambitions to reach the champions league in a few seasons time they they genuinely think that is possible and in their current run of form you can't you can't discount them certainly not this season anyway but in a couple of seasons time for sure but it's a bit strange because their uh, their their top goal scorer in the league is their center back carlos who has four goals um I I genuinely had to double-check that a couple of times because um, they've only scored 28 goals this season, um, which was quite surprising, really. But, you know, you can't argue with the job that they're currently, uh, they're currently doing. So, fair play to Monza. In terms of Lecce, another surprise team. But I would say that they've done a better job this season because... They've got a net spend this year of €2.5 million. Euros. That's all they've spent. They sold their top goal scorer from last season um, for just €1.5 million, um, which was quite angrily received by the Lecce supporters. But they've got a... I believe he's their director of football in, uh, in Pantella Leal Corvino, who is excellent when it comes to scouting. He goes for potential... And you know, the are the signings that they've made this season, you can't argue, you know, with what they've done that the youngest team in the league, uh, even though they've got, you know, Samuel and Titi at the back, who was, you know, going through a nightmarish spell, Barcelona, you know, was probably their sixth, you know, choice centre back, went to to Lecce and um he's doing really, really well for them, you know, fair play to him. Um you know, they are the giant killers this season as well. They've beaten Atalanta twice. They've beaten Lazio. They've got draws against Milan and Roma and Napoli as well, which looks, you know, like an incredible result right now. And they haven't lost this season when they've scored first in any game, which is just, you know, mad. Um, they're I believe they're the fourth most informed team as well currently in, in Serie A. So they're doing a great job and, you know, Those two clubs, in my opinion, will definitely stay up um, this season and they'll be in Serie A next season and both clubs deserve a tremendous amount of respect. Um, But the other one doesn't, (laughs) Cremonese. They're currently rock bottom, 20th. uh, 14 defeats, 8 draws, no wins. They are the only club in the major leagues in Europe currently without a win. Um, there was one other club, I believe, a Welsh club, funny enough, called Airbus something or other, mm-hmm. who have already been relegated as well. Um, but interestingly enough, even though they've got this wretched record in Serie A, they're currently in the semi-finals of the Coppa Italia, so they could genu- they could genuinely get to the final as well because they're playing Fiorentina, who uh, are, aren't. They're not the easiest team to beat, but they're certainly not the hardest either. So they've got a genuine chance of getting to the final and ending the season without a win in the league, which is just complete madness to me. Um, they're goalless in their last two games, which doesn't help. They've got a minus twenty-five goal difference, which is the second lowest in the league, only behind Sampdoria with twenty-seven. Uh, they've spent money as well. Uh, you know, they spent thirty-two million euros. Um, in the you know two transfer windows this season, and they're probably the two major signings. They spent six million euros roughly on both of them. serial uh, Deses, who they bought from Genk striker, he's only got three goals in eighteen appearances, so not a great return from that one. They also bought uh, Felix Athena Gian from Roma for around the same fee. He hasn't really done anything here this season, so their their business in you know both windows hasn't worked out. You know when it when you compare it to to the other two um, promoted clubs, so definitely um, a vast difference in uh, in the promoted clubs in Serie A this season. But it's been so interesting to watch, and I'm glad Lecce are staying up just for how well run that football club is. And Monza is going to be an interesting club to watch over the next few seasons because it's going to be it's going to be fun. You know, Galliani and, and Berlusconi, this is their retirement project. You know, this is just fun for them. It's not serious at all. They had their um, their Champions Leagues and their Serie A's back in the day with Milan. You know, this you know was just something to do for them at the end of the day. And um, you know, I expect Monza to be in the league for many more seasons, and Cremonese will be in Serie B next season although they might be in a European competition because I don't know if the Copper Italia winner gets a European place or not. I think they do. So you could have a Serie B club uh, playing in, uh, in the Europa League next season. It's <laughs> fascinating. It reminds me
0: of when um, Wigan, Wigan Athletic won the mm. FA Cup and got relegated four days later. So they are playing the following season in the Europa League uh, whilst playing in the Championship. So we could see... History of Peter Self. I mean, a team that's won no games all year. Um, they're 10 points off safety. I think it's um, pretty likely to go down. But Ryan, as you're the Serie A expert, which other two teams are you picking to go down with them as it stands? Because as it stands, we've got Sampdoria, 19th with 11 points. But then you've got just, just a few points separating Verona, Spezia, Tano, and Sassuolo in um from 15th to 18th.
1: Well, Sampdoria will go down. They're in all sorts of bother right now. So uh, yeah, like I said, that does leave just the one team to go down, and it's it's tricky. Um, although they they did such a a great job last season of staying up when it looked all but impossible. I think Salernitana might might go down, even though they're four points clear of Verona. You know, I mentioned last week how they uh, how they sacked their manager. Rehired him and then stacked them again, Um so I I, I think it will be a bit too much, and I could certainly see them being the uh, the third team to go down.
0: And for you, Ryan, a moment of we that got you angry?
1: Angry in Syria. <sighs> There wasn't really anything that got me angry, to be honest, in uh, in Serie A this week. Maybe the camera angle for the uh, for Juventus-Spezia um, game, you know, that was poor. But apart from that, no, nothing in Serie A. I mean, plenty got me angry in the Premier League, but that's a different story. <laughs> Speaking of the Premier
0: League, um, my it's also my moment at the weekend, but it was uh, Nick Pope's red card. In terms of the most drama... You could argue that because he now misses out on the League Cup final after his red card against Liverpool. But that's really what's got me angry, is because I don't know what you boys think about this rule, but I'm all for him missing games if he gets red carded. But to miss a final that, for red cards in a different tournament, I just, wow. just don't think it feels right for me. And I think, you know, I don't want either team winning that final. I want both teams to lose that final if was possible. But you want the best game possible. And you want, you know, Nick Pope, being a stupid boy by getting red card don't get me wrong he's made a bad decision there to go with his head rather than his feet but at the same time he shouldn't be punished for his league cup final just because he got sent off in a Premier League match Um so I do think I think Galenico is very vocal on it as well um, do you boys think maybe I think personally I don't know what you boys think as well but, but that rule should be changed for me and maybe do it where it is just he misses Premier, next Premier League game Um what's your boys thoughts on that?
2: Yeah I agree Um I think wherever, whatever competition you get a red card, in, you should just serve the suspension in that to- the tournament or the cup. So, I think you should still be able to play because you know, I know obviously it's, it's a cup game, but yeah, I think I think they should he should just um, serve a suspension in the Premier League rather than missing out mm-hmm. on the league cup. It was a, it was a silly red card to get. Um, you know, he didn't you didn't really need to do that, but he probably thought you was still in the his six yard box, but. Yeah, he's only really got himself to blame, really. But yeah, I think they should scrap that rule and make it make them just the, serve the ban in that respective competition. Yeah, I agree.
0: I agree. Um, for you, name La Liga. Any moment to speak get you angry?
2: It haven't really got me angry, but disappointed with Real Sociedad uh, winning one nil for the majority of the game, and then in the ninety third minute um, of four minute stoppage time. Uh, Robin Le Normand, he scored her own goal. You know, you know when obviously the opposition player crosses the ball in dangerously in the six-yard box and then, you know, when you try to kick it out and then, yeah, it's winning to the net. They could have closed the uh, closed the gap a little bit on Real Madrid, but now Atletico Madrid are only two points behind them. So, yeah, they're breathing down their necks. So, yeah, that that got me a bit disappointed. Didn't get me angry, but just a bit disappointed because they should have really held on to the 1-0 lead.
0: How about you, Jonathan? Anything in Bundesliga get you
3: a bit rattled this week? Probably just Friday's game. I've been really hoping Augsburg would get relegated for about three straight years now, <laughs> um, and I think this is another year they're just going to barely stay up. Stay up. They they beat Hoffenheim barely one nothing with the last uh, last second goal, and Hoffenheim haven't won a league game since October fourteenth against the Worst team in the league in Schalke, so I don't know what's going on with Hoffenheim, um, a company club with not a lot of fans. So I can't say I'm a major um supporter of them, but um, at 19 points at the moment, uh, tied on points with that relegation playoff spot, not looking good. But ah, I just want Augsburg gone, I, I can't look at them anymore. I, I'm done, I'm done.
0: <laughs>
3: okay. Um now for me another thing that got I know
0: me at and Ryan Angie was is Ryanair. Uh Ryanair. Um they changed our fight without telling us and they're looking at like doing it again. And of course that has affected our potential seeing Valencia certainly next weekend. Um uh, but we are due to still be going on the eleventh of um of eighth of March um, and hopefully going to both Real Madrid and Valencia Games both in the same day. So we've worked out well in that sense, but, you know, this is where we've sort of gone to our next topic is that we want to see Valencia play because they're in such dire straits. We want to see, you know, what the what, what the fans, how the fans are reacting to these games and these losses because right now, as it stands, they're in the bottom three um, and it's been a truly awful season for Valencia. So that really leads us to our final debate is really about Valencia's um, disappointing season. You look at Sofia, how bad they've done as well. It's really been a shock season in that sense for La Liga. How... Bad some of these big names are doing, but Naeem, you want to talk about with us about Valencia's um difficult season and the um issues with the uh board?
2: Yeah, so obviously, like you've mentioned, they're currently playing at the moment, it's nil nil against Katafe who are also in the bottom three, so it's a, it's a big game for them to, to obviously win there. They've got a new manager now in Ruben Borreja, he hasn't actually managed a team in a top flight of. Um, Spanish football, he's only ever managed uh, teams in the second division. But my focus is mainly on their ownership under Peter Lim. Um, he became a majority owner back in 2014. And since then, they was his first season in 1415, they finished fourth, got Champions League f- football. Next season, they finished 12th. Um, if you remember that season, obviously, Gary Neville was appointed. <laughs> Obviously um the ties there's obviously owns 40% in S- Salford City. Season after that, they finished 12th. But then the season the next two seasons they finished fourth. But then since then, and the season after that in the 1920, they finished ninth. Then 2021 season was 13th. And then last season what they finished ninth. So obviously under his ownership, they do have a lot of debt. Um that was obviously accumulated before he obviously took over. And it has resulted in them obviously having to sell some of the best players. I've looked at the 10 most expensive transfer fees that they have received. And I believe eight of them have come down under his ownership. So they do sell well and they have bought in players um, for high transfer fees in that time. But yeah, last weekend they played Atletico Bilbao at home and... Uh, obviously, whilst the game was going on, majority of the fans were outside, obviously pr- um, protesting against him to to obviously leave because they're not happy of obviously the way he's run the club. Obviously, they currently sit um, in the relegation zone. So, see, my question really is: um, Do you guys think they will get relegated? Because in their whole entire history, they have never been relegated. So, obviously, this is something that their fans aren't obviously used to, and. The way it's going, it, they they might get relegated. So, yeah, they're not the way he's run the club is is not very well. You know, they have obviously got into the Champions League um, four times in the four out of the uh, four, four seasons out of nine that he has been an owner. You know, they have obviously a stadium that is planned to be completed in twenty twenty four, but they've had a lot of problems, obviously with funding, obviously. Um, back in two thousand eight, I believe it was. Um, five workers actually lost their lives due to scaffolding falling. So yeah, they've got they've got a stadium that's not not half half built, but yeah, they, they could be they could get relegated, and then in the season after, they could have a new stadium. But yeah, do you guys think that they're gonna get relegated in the first time in the club's history, or do you reckon their new manager can get them out of that rut? <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, they've been in this situation before. Mm. Um, in the last sort of couple of seasons, so I think they've got too much quality still to go down. Even though consistently year on year, they're they're selling at least one or two of their better players, but they still have a couple of you know truly elite players that I feel will will keep them up. I think it would be you know. Would be a disaster for for not only them but for La Liga if one of its most you know successful clubs throughout its history were to go down because you do wonder then what would happen. I I I I I could see it being one of those you know where they go down and they struggle to to get back up yeah. because they would they would probably then have to sell quite a lot of their better players. You wonder why anyone would you know would want to continue in uh, the second division. And, um, you know, that would be such a, such a loss for, uh, for, for Spanish football. So no, I, I do think they'll, they'll they will stay up.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's actually amazing how similar this, this is to Everton in the Premier League. I mean, look at both teams have never been relegated. Both teams are coming. well, I think Everton are now just above the relegation zone, but it's, um, you know, two big clubs are both struggling and it's, um, it's a, it's a sad state, really, because you look at the players they've got. I mean, Jose Gaia's there. You've got, you know, uh, Gabriel Palista, which you two know very well. They've got, uh, you know, Edison Cavani, Justin Kluivert, Samuel Castello. You know, these are not, these are well-established players, and it's just, I mean, I've spoken before that. They are my Spanish team, and it's, um, I do hope they stay up. I really do. But I just think that what we could see is a bit like Schalke. I think you could see a situation where, or even Deportivo La Coruña years ago, where a well-established teams get relegated and they're just back and forth up and down again i think if they were to go down i were i could see most of his players leaving i have seen no way cavani plays in that second division i can't see justin clivert with the age he's at and you know i can't see him being there um looking at the age of samuel castillo he's 28 maybe he'll stay apologies for my pronunciation there um yeah i think a lot of these players could leave and then I mean, it could be like a villa where they go back up again, and that's it. They they're they're safe again, and they're a secure team. But I think it's um, you know, on the flip side, it could easily see. We've seen some of them go down two divisions. We've seen many clubs across you know um the whole of European football all have these similar fates. And I think it is a sad affair for for European football if they were to go down because they are you know they've been in they went in two Champ League finals in three years or something like that. Um, it was in the early two thousands and they only lost in a in shootout to Madrid. Um, it's a team that you know's got a lot of history, you know even Mastaya stayed in that, you know I've wanted to go to for years and years, and it's and that's a shame that's been knocked down so it's just it's an awful shame to see what's happening to that club because for years and years they've had you know David v has been there, David silva has been there, you know a the goalkeeper has been there Morientes has played there Pablo aymar um the this list is- goes on and on all these players they've had, and it is just a shame really because it just shows how one bad move financially can cause a almost a domino effect and how, you know, how the next three, four years or five years after that, after that go.
1: This, this is the thing, Valencia, they've got such an incredible academy and you look at the list of players that they have brought through, you know, they have such a, such a good um, history of bringing through top quality players and they still have that. You know, academy, they still have a lot of good young players as well. They won't, they won't, they will never go anywhere until, until they can get rid of the owner. And unfortunately for them, they obviously can't get rid of the owner. You know, they, they, they they've done as much as they can by trying to stay away from the stadium. But ultimately, the owner, the owner doesn't give, you know, two shits really about anything. Um, he won't be forced how he's made that. Cleared, the people who are in charge of the club don't know what they're doing. You know, they had a they had a great manager in, in Marcelino who led them to the um to the Copa del Raleigh. I think that was only last season as well. And and then they sacked him at the start of the season as well as the a, a, a director of football, I think, because they didn't agree on the transfer strategy and that's the exact same reason why they sacked Gattuso as well, who was doing an okay job, but they didn't give him any any money to to spend and you know you're not gonna be able to do anything in this day and age unless you spend at least a little bit of money. And unfortunately you do wonder where where it will go. Um you know Gary Neville's got blood on his hands. Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah,
0: I mean it's um you know we're hoping to go to the game and obviously anyone who's listening who's a Valencia fan. Um do so feel free to send us a DM and so get your give us your thoughts on what's going on at the moment, and of course, if you're going to the game that we're going to on the eleventh of March or twelfth of March, whatever it is, um, then do get in touch because we can certainly include you in our vlog and try and get your thoughts from an actual fans' point of view as to what's happening.
3: Um, I think these, I think this one last point on Valencia. I think these next four weeks are extremely important. I was just looking at the schedule. We have Sociedad, Barcelona. Osasuna and Atletico coming up and if they can't pick up all those clubs are in the top 10 of the table if they can't pick up any points from any of those games they might dig themselves a hole where it's too far to climb out of but at the end of the day I still feel like Valencia have too much quality I think they'll uh, nick it in the end and just stay up by the skin of their teeth and they probably won't learn or change anything from it but um, hopefully they do and uh, we'll to see what happens.
0: Yeah, we certainly will. And what should be an entertaining last few months in all of the top five leagues in Europe. Um, Before we do go, any final thoughts, boys, on on today? Anything else you want to add before we do end today's podcast?
3: Mm. All I want to say is uh, whoever gets drawn against uh, Freiburg in the Europa League better watch out. You know, if Arsenal (laughs) comes to face them in the knockout stages, (laughs) I don't even think Arsenal should... I mean, you might as well just forfeit the game, forfeit the tie... Um, that's all I really wanted to say.
0: <laughs> Joe, I will say if that happens, <laughs> Euro Trips logs are coming to Freiburg, you're coming to Jonathan, all of us come in there, and that's what we're going to do. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just a plan. If that happens, we're going. <laughs> yeah, there, there should be hopefully. I, I love that as a neutral. If I got to watch, you know, your guys' reactions to the goals as a pure neutral, that would be pretty special. But we are going to end it there. Um, so, this has been the Euro Trips Football Podcast. I've been your host, Andy. This has been Jonathan. This has been Ryan. This has been Naeem. And we will see you guys next time.